1: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
0: We all knew it was going to happen, but Jalen Hurts is officially a very rich man. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and plenty more. In short, a lot of things bundled today at progressive.com. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Reached an agreement with the team, five years, a $255 million extension. That makes him the highest paid player in NFL history. But what's interesting about this is the guaranteed portion of that deal. Now, we started when we talked about this. Last hour, Joe, and if you missed anything here on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We started off on the notes of positivity about this deal. We actually kept it also exclusive to just Jalen and the Philadelphia Eagles, where that's not where this conversation has gone for most people today, no. talking about this Jalen Hurts deal. What they've been talking about is the guaranteed money for Jalen Hurts, which is roughly $179 bucks. so $179 million of the 255 is guaranteed guaranteed. And most people are focusing on what that means for Lamar Jackson. So Lamar
2: Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert, the latter two of which are also eligible for contract extensions. And again, this speaks to the brilliance of how is that my close personal friend Stephen A. Smith right there?
0: Yeah, it oh is actually. That was That's, him on you know first what? take today. He
2: can interrupt anytime he likes. Like I said, we're boys. He can interrupt anytime he likes.
0: Always wanting to name drop you, Joe. Not always. name drop.
2: He, he interrupted me. He interrupted me. So you know. But Stephen you Smith, always mentioned
0: that you and Stephen A. are friends. Now, actually, I have nothing to confirm <laughs> that you guys actually are friends. In fact, I've never seen a photo of you two together. And I've never asked Stephen A. Smith myself. So I don't know if we can verify this friendship that you He was so nice close.
2: enough uh, a couple winners ago, a couple falls ago, for Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three here in Las Vegas. He was nice enough to let me come up to his seats to say hi. Wow. And that's a power move because he's not coming to me. No. Now, I was on the floor, but I was in the back. He was on the floor, but he was in the front. So I had to fight my way up there to say hello. I had to wait in line. So many people trying to say hello because he's the man. So that was that. Now, back to the issue at hand here. So with with the Eagles, again, there's so much positivity you can say about getting the deal done, how it was done. One angle we didn't talk about previously is the fact that by getting it done now, that's it. You've now reset the market. So now Cincinnati, what are you going to do? Are you going to pay Joe Burrow? less than Jalen Hurts got in Philadelphia? That's interesting, considering how much Burrow's done for you. What are you going to do if you're the Chargers? Are you going to pay Justin Herbert less? Probably, because he hasn't hasn't done as much, but good luck telling him and his agent that. They know that he's a franchise guy. And are the Chargers going to move away from him? I don't know. And then, of course, to our beloved Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. Is he going to get anything done now? If anything should be learned from this lesson, from this contract today, It's that Lamar Jackson is not getting a fully guaranteed deal, all right? Hertz didn't get it. Burrow's not going to get it. Herbert's not going to get it. You have to stop looking for it. It's not going to happen.
0: When it comes to Joe Burrow, it's an interesting conversation because their resumes are very similar, right? And so he can point to this and say, hey, well, I too have been to a Super Bowl and I too have done these things. And I too certainly look like I am going to be here for the next 20 years and raising this franchise up at every turn. And I've been the difference maker here and elevated all the talent around me as well. And so he can point to all those things you would expect the Burrow deal to certainly be somewhere around the Hurts deal, if not even a little bit more. With Herbert, he can't point to the resume. But what he can point to is, hey, my job's even harder here than it is for Jalen Hurts. I would imagine that that's the argument that his agent's going to make on his behalf. You don't have the team around him that Jalen has around him. You don't have the protection for Herbert that Jalen Hurts has in front of him. Jalen Hurts has some of these advantages, I would imagine, is what Justin Herbert's camp is going to argue. I don't know how successful it's going to be. There's certainly been a lack of postseason success from Justin Herbert as compared to those other two. When it comes to Lamar Jackson, though, the sticking point always seems to be not the size of the contract because his resume is way better than Jalen. So if we're just talking size of a contract, then fine. Lamar should be the highest paid player in NFL history. He should set the bar again. And somebody is going to set the bar again. It's how this thing works. But it's been the guaranteed money that's the problem. And... Apparently for Jalen Hurts, getting a fully guaranteed wasn't the huge focus here. The per annual setting the mark, the overall contract setting the mark. But in terms of guaranteed money, he's behind not just Deshaun Watson, who has the fully guaranteed at 230. That remains the far and away outlier here, but also behind Kyler Murray. So he didn't even get that money above kyler murray now maybe he didn't care about that also maybe there was some give and take hey i'd rather have the overall size or i'd rather be the highest per annual i feel like i'm going to hit my marks i'm not as concerned about being up there surpassing kyler in terms of the guaranteed money we don't know how these negotiations go what it seems like though overall is that deshaun watson's the outlier and if deshaun watson is the outlier then nobody's going to come near the Deshaun Watson money. It's going to remain the outlier. And and Lamar at some point is going to have to sign some deal with the Ravens or somebody else that's not fully guaranteed.
2: I mean, if you're Hurts, how much are you looking to break the bank? You have a lot of great factors that came into this contract for you. Also, and perhaps more importantly... You had the best season of your career. The season Mm -hmm. before, he wasn't that great. Let's be completely honest. And that's not to knock him. He took a huge step forward. But it's not like after year two, everyone was like, "Hertz is going to be the guy. He's a franchise QB. There was potential, but it was raw. And then he comes out in year three, and he does what he did this past year. He didn't have to worry about getting franchise tagged. He didn't have to worry about the Eagles saying, let's play out the final year of your contract and then see what happens. There was none of that. He had a great season, and the Eagles said, we're done. Let's go get it done. And that was it. That's great business on both sides. Why? will you, you want to hold out for every last penny and then you want to make it contentious? That's the problem in Baltimore. Ravens probably don't want to give them more, and then Jackson doesn't want to go ahead and accept it. So now they're stuck in this limbo, and every single conversation about the Ravens is about everything but playing football and winning games. It's about contracts with the quarterback, and it's been dragging on for two years. Imagine being in that locker room and having to hear about this every single day for two years. It's a major distraction. Imagine At some point, you want to get... Get it done But who knows if they're ever going to come to an agreement. I do think Burrow and the Bengals will. I think the real contentious one will be the Chargers and Herbert. The Chargers are notoriously cheap. There is no way they're going to break the bank for him. There's no way. They're going to try to undercut him by saying, you haven't been to a Super Bowl like the other guys. You haven't won an MVP like Lamar Jackson, and that one's going to be the one that gets contentious. That would be my prediction.
0: Imagine having to host a sports radio show and talk about the Lamar Jackson contract every single day. I think we're all sick of it. I would imagine the guys inside that locker room, the front office is sick of it. Lamar's camp is probably sick of it. Everybody's sick of this Lamar Jackson deal not getting done. I will say, though, in fairness to that situation, it is more complicated than the Jalen Hurts conversation and situation because the Jalen Hurts conversation from the team perspective is you weren't quite as great last season. And so do you want to gamble moving forward that your production is going to continue to increase here? You're headed the right direction. We definitely want to keep you. We're super committed to you, but it's a more symbiotic relationship in that regard in Baltimore. The resume's longer, and also there was a fifth-year option that he could test his waters to play under, whereas Jalen Hurts didn't even have that option. So things were going to get done faster for Jalen. Again, the resume's a lot shorter for Jalen Hurts than Lamar Jackson. I do think that makes a bit of a difference. If you're Jalen Hurts, in other words, you want to strike why the iron's hot. It's in your benefit to strike why the iron is hot. If you're Lamar Jackson, you feel like that iron is going to stay hot and it ain't going anywhere, and you're pretty confident about that because yeah. you've been putting up the resume for years. The, th- the thing
2: is, though, so, and, and, and it's a team sport, but Hertz went to the playoffs this year and blew out the New York Giants. They didn't have much of a problem with the San Francisco 49ers. There were a lot of injuries at quarterback, which is understandable. Hertz wasn't unbelievable in that game, especially from a passing perspective, but he was good with his feet and he was good enough to win. And then in the Super Bowl, Hertz played really, really well. Mm-hmm. That's the problem for Lamar. Lamar's got the individual MVP award, which looks great. And he's got some really great seasons under his belt. He's won a lot of games. But the playoff success isn't there, which is where it gets interesting because you know as a lawyer yourself, when these arguments come up, whether it makes sense or not, someone's going to try to build that case. Like, yeah, well, when it comes to Hurts, he might not have won MVP. But he did finish, I believe, second this past season. And his team's been to the Super Bowl. Lamar, you haven't even come close to the Super Bowl
0: people don't want to pay you I mean that's not how it works right people pay you because you demand to be paid and because they have to pay you in order to keep you and to keep you right. happy they don't want to they're not going to overpay you because they want ESPN doesn't want to pay Stephen A. Smith but Stephen A. Smith garners that kind of paycheck because he's so fabulous and he's so important to the company and he's so also yes, good
2: friends with me so make sure you get that well, in there there's that
0: as well that and he's such good friends support. with Joe Fortenbaugh I'm close. sure that certainly increases the paycheck Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance coming up next do the Kings have what it takes to Take Down the Warriors. We'll get into that series. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app.
0: Uh, breaking hearts right now the Brooklyn Nets they're up on the Philadelphia 76ers 37 to 32 that game is in the second quarter we'll continue to keep you updated on that game there are a lot of things to get to though in terms of these NBA playoffs but first Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more money with the NBA playoffs betting advice
1: pizza money alert
0: pizza pizza All right, so we went
2: ahead and used this one last week. It was a winner. Let's go back to the well. In tonight's matchup between the Warriors and the Kings, we're going to play a rebound prop. DeMontis Sabonis of the Sacramento Kings, over. Three and a half rebounds. The over is juiced at minus 121. Why wouldn't we play this? In game one, he had 16 rebounds, seven of which came in the first quarter. In three regular season games against the Warriors this year, he's had 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds, and 22 rebounds. So for those of you who are not so good at math, four games against the Warriors this year, he's had at least 14 rebounds in all four games. High total in this game. Over-under is 239. What does that tell us? It's priced for scoring, which means lots of possessions, lots of shots, and lots of misses, which equals more rebound opportunities. Golden State, middle of the pack in the NBA this year in rebound rate. So pizza money number, I believe this is four. It is the DeMontis-Sambonis, Rebound prop over 13 and a half boards.
0: That game tips off at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight with the Warriors and the Kings. It is game two. The Warriors find themselves on the road again, on the road in air quotes, because it ain't far from San Francisco, where they're headed to Sacramento, just 87 miles north. Nevertheless, felt like a different world there in game one, Joe. And I feel like that's where we need to start with what happened in game one, because yes, The Kings got the win. They ended the insane drought. They lit the beam. It was a heck of a game on top of that. But that crowd, a lot of people expected it to be very Warriors dominant or at least half Warriors fans because of the close proximity of these two markets. It wasn't that at all. I mean, Sacramento showed up and showed out. It's always been a good market, even though they haven't necessarily always had something to root for. When they had something to root for, Joe, boy, did they root for it.
2: It's interesting because the Warriors, I covered them for six years in the Bay Area, and I got there when they were still playing at Oracle over in Oakland, and that was when that, the, the gentrification of the crowd began. The ticket prices started going up, obviously, because of the dynasty, and the more they won, the more the fans that had been riding with that team forever got priced out of the building, and you had a lot of Silicon Valley and tech money that started showing up. So that started that whole process. Then they end up moving across the Bay to Chase Center in San Francisco, and it further, I don't want to say sterilizes, but it, it, it continued the, the transformation of the crowd that was at these games. So on one hand, I was under the impression maybe old-school Warrior fans who couldn't afford the Warrior games might try to make the journey out to Sacramento to catch a game there, but it's not like Kings fans and Sacramento fans were going to be cool not buying up those tickets. Like, they haven't seen this in forever. They were going to pack that building, and pack that building they did. It was a fantastic showing on their behalf. The crowd, outside before the game started, uh, outside after the game started, it was wonderful. And that was the best playoff game of the weekend so far. It was one of the best games of the NBA season. It was tight the entire way. The Kings put on a hell of a show in the fourth quarter, and now they got the Warriors in an 0-1 hole. But from a crowd perspective, that was just, it was just sensational. It's everything you're hoping for at this time of year.
0: It's funny because after the game, Draymond Green credited the crowd. He credited the environment. He said that it was the atmosphere you expect with a team that's ending a 16-year drought. It was loud And they were able to feed off the crowd. But then he went on to say, we're used to playing in hostile environments. And I thought, are you? This season, though, it's not working out so well for you if you're used to it, right? You're 11 and 30 this season when you're away from the Chase Center. And yeah, you ain't far, but you're away from the Chase Center again tonight. A very, very hostile and worked up crowd, Joe.
2: I think the return of Andrew Wiggins was big for the team. He played relatively well. I know a lot of people will look at the missed three pointer at the end of the game. Don't focus on that. If you're, if you need Wiggins to knock down threes to win games when Curry and Thompson are on your roster, that's probably a problem. Overall, though, he played pretty well. It'll be interesting to see if Kerr puts him in the starting lineup tonight or if he comes off the bench once again. I'm wondering how much the Warriors' road woes from the regular season factored in here, or if this was just a better Kings team on that given night. You know, it is possible they were an awful regular season road team, but now we're in the playoffs, and those are those those moments are gone. Those issues are gone, but they just so happened to run into a team that played really well. I mean, Golden State shot 6% below their three-point average on the season. That's going to hurt in a high-scoring game. The Kings got to the line 12 times in the fourth quarter. That's going to hurt. The Kings shot 83% from deep in the fourth quarter. That's going to sting. I think they bounce back tonight. That was one of our pizza monies earlier. I'm laying the two and a half with the Warriors. It's now up to three. It's getting a little dicey, but I don't know if it's necessarily the road woes. I just think Sacramento people are finally starting to realize they're a really good team. Just because they haven't been here in a long time doesn't mean they don't belong this season.
0: Well, it's hard for any of us to realize it. We live on the East Coast because it's impossible for us to watch these games because the NBA doesn't have them starting until 10 p.m. at night, NBA. What are you doing no. in the play? Nevertheless, I digress. I could argue about this every single postseason for the NBA. The Nuggets-T-Wolves won. Scheduling.
2: The Nuggets-T-Wolves last night
0: starting that late was ridiculous. Ridiculous. They did not
2: need that playoff game. At least Kings Warriors started at a somewhat reasonable time for Saturday night. I know it was late for the East Coast, but that was somewhat reasonable. The, the, the timing of Denver-Minnesota last night, that was so Late. Is that? I mean, they ridiculous. obviously go through the research. And the research tells them that's a good spot. It's it just be. shocking to me that that's how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I don't believe it at all. I, I want to get to the soundbite because I thought it was funny. Real quick, Darren Fox he put up 38 points in game one. He was tasked though with guarding Steph Curry. Here was the Kings' guard.
3: How exhausted are you after doing that on both ends did, of the did court? Y'all of you know, did y'all see that clip of Jr. Smith? You know, talking about Delhi. Did y'all see that clip? It's real. <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's real. Um I mean, uh, obviously, you know, I, I didn't guard Steph the entire game, but like most of the first quarter, most of the fourth quarter, I guarded him. Uh, yeah, that clip is real. Obviously, you know, my team wants me to do things offensively, but and Mike talked about it as soon as he got here. He's not worried about what I can do offensively. He wants to see me be better defensively, and that's something that, that I want to take the challenge of doing, and um, I think we've all seen it in spurts, but I want to be able to do it throughout the course of a game. And playing 40 minutes, scoring 38 points is cool, but just trying to be as disruptive as possible. Possible while guarding, if not the best player in the world, the best player to ever shoot a basketball.
0: It's funny because J.R. Smith had said on a podcast recently that Deli almost died when he was guarding yeah. Steph Curry in one of those series with the Warriors and Cavs. And if you watch the video of it, somebody clipped video of it to the sound. I mean, Dela Vino almost breaks his legs when he's trying to guard Steph Curry. And Deion yeah. Fox is telling you it actually is that hard. He's going to have to do it again tonight.
2: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
0: Rachel's killing it on the ones and twos tonight. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We are going to argue to the death it's very dramatic here on Joe and Amber. We put our law degrees to the test and we argue in a segment that we like to call jury duty. But first, before we get to that, I'm going to let Joe Fortenbaugh live a little bit longer because he's got to give us the betting advice. Let's get to it.
1: Pizza money alert.
0: pizza. Pizza.
2: All right, let's go ahead and stick with that Warriors-Kings game, shall we? Pizza Money number 5 is going to be under 239.5 total points in this matchup. This is a huge total. It closed 237.5 for Game 1, and it did go over the total. So you might be saying, well, why would you want to go ahead and bet the under then? So it was 237.5 in Game 1. It goes over. The bookmakers bump it up to 239.5. Look at that game. That game was a dead shot under until a 68-point fourth quarter. 68 points in the fourth quarter. I think as the playoffs go on and teams get more familiar with one another, you see lower scoring games because it's harder to execute your offense because your opponent is used to what's coming. So we're in game two. This is a monster total. Pizza Money number five. Warriors Kings under 239 and a half points. All
1: right. Time to state your case. Welcome to Jury Duty. This is Jury Duty with Joe and Amber.
0: Jury Duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. The Honorable James Steele residing...
3: I didn't like the tone in your voice there with the honorable part. <laughs> I uh, picked up on that too. Yeah, just I don't know, just kind of passive I'm aggressive. Happy that I
0: said honorable. You know, I, yeah, I could I'm have not. gone with dishonorable again I'm not, this week.
3: I'm, I'm just not though. But uh <laughs> yeah, order in the court. Uh, so, jury duty today. Uh, which team, down 0-1 in their series, is in more trouble, the Suns or the Grizzlies? Amber, the floor is yours. <laughs>
0: Uh, May it please the courts. The Grizzlies are in more trouble in their series than the Suns are in their series. And the problem for the Grizz starts with the lack of playoff experience. And we know playoff experience matters in the playoffs. Well, no disparity is more gross than the disparity between the Lakers experience and the Grizzlies experience. Because, by the way, LeBron James has logged more than twice as many minutes in the NBA playoffs heading into the series as the entire Grizzlies roster. The entire Grizzlies roster (laughs) has half as many playoff minutes as just... LeBron James, just taking that player alone crazy. from the Los Angeles Lakers. It is a crazy statistic and one that you saw come up there very obviously in game one. Father time is undefeated, apparently not, when it comes to LeBron James and you spend a million dollars a year on your body. LeBron still looked like LeBron. That already spells trouble for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then add to that 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 lack of experience shows up defensively for Memphis. This is really where I saw the gross disparity the most. Uh, you're talking about a, an L.A. team out-rebounding Memphis on both ends of the court. The Lakers were rewarded with their work on the offensive class with a 22-10 edge in second chance points. They shot 53.3% against that Grizzlies defense. That Grizz defense had led the NBA instead of franchise best Uh, 45 held held opponents to 45.3 percent shooting during the regular season. The regular season is the regular season. This is playoff basketball, and that's what matters here. Is the Lakers took it up to that next level? The Grizzlies weren't able to take it up to that next level. And if you can't take it up to that next level in the NBA playoffs, then you don't stand a chance against that level of experience in the Los Angeles Lakers. But really, where I'll drop the mic here is where it's obvious, and that's the injury to John Morant because. Damian ends up exiting this game. He re-injures a hand that was already injured, his right hand, his shooting hand. He was in so much pain after the game that he was his hand hung limp according to reports after he was trying to dress himself. He kept resting it occasionally on the blue vinyl seat next to him. He was really having a hard time even putting on his socks after the game. Like he is in severe game, uh, severe pain with this injury. And severe pain with this injury. Spells big time trouble for the Memphis Grizzlies, who are going to be playing this series at least game two. But it seems like they're going to be playing this series without their superstar. If they ain't got John Morant, they ain't got a defense, and they ain't got any experience against this Lakers team, they are completely outmatched and they are in trouble. I rest my case. <laughs>
2: Now you see that's ridiculous because we normally interrupt that part and then today we stayed quiet and then you didn't fire this. I
3: out. know I'm, I I was caught off guard. That's it's all ridiculous.
2: What? We're never gonna get this right.
3: Nope, never. All How right, long
2: uh, have so. On this now
0: like three, four, four I will say it went pretty seamlessly while he was out. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Yeah, that is
2: that's the... a good point. That's an excellent point.
0: Wait, hold on! Don't bait me into taking shots at the judge. This is what always uh. happens. This is why. No, I always don't
2: always... worry. I'll take shots at the judge. I'm not. I'm Everyone's not. Everyone's taking shots at the judge today, and that's fine. All right, Uh, you ready for to hear something impressive? Yeah, the floor is yours. All right, so let's be clear. James didn't say who's in more trouble for the series. He just said who's in more trouble. Okay, Amber interpreted that as the series, and that's a fair interpretation. She makes a lot of good points, but honestly, who cares? when it comes to Memphis, right? Like, what kind of trouble are they in? She said it herself, the entire team combined has half the playoff minutes of LeBron James. They're young. They're going against LeBron James. Their star player's hurt. Steven Adams and their entire front court is injured as well. So many people didn't even pick them to win this series. So if they lose, what kind of trouble are they actually in? They were a lousy road team. They dealt with some Morant issues during the regular season. If they get bounced by LeBron in a suddenly surging Lakers team, they're not in any trouble. They go back to the drawing board, and then they try to get better for next season. The Suns are in legitimate trouble. Chris Paul is not getting any younger. Kevin Durant is not getting any younger or any healthier. This was a team that was the favorite to win the Western Conference before the playoffs started, and they are already in an 0-1 hole, having lost home court advantage to the L.A. Clippers. Now, let's look through some things. There are some fluky performances that we can chalk up to outlier effects. Miami beating Milwaukee is one of those. Giannis got hurt, and the Heat not shot fluky. 59 nine. from the floor and 60% from three-point range. Those are outlier performances. Of course you're going to lose. That didn't happen in this Clippers game. The Clippers shot near average. The Suns shot near average. And the Clippers ended up winning without Paul George. Here's the reason why the Suns are in so much trouble. They have to make the conference final at a bare minimum to avoid all the takes that A, Chris Paul can't win in the playoffs, and B, Kevin Durant is nothing without the Warriors. Because the Warriors won titles before Durant, and then they won a title after Durant. Durant has done nothing in the playoffs since then. And look at what happened in the series in Game 1. The Suns have no bench whatsoever. They effectively played a six-man rotation. A six-man rotation in the first game of the first series. You had Durant playing 45 minutes, and there was only one bench player that played more than eight minutes, Landry Shamit. Here are the plus-minus differentials for the Clippers bench players, or excuse me, the Suns bench players in game one. This means how many points you either outscored the opposition or were outscored by when you were on the floor. Minus 12, minus 10, minus 11, minus 8, minus 14, minus 1. Every single bench player for the Suns had a negative point differential in game one. Listen to the Clippers' point differentials for the bench. Plus 16, plus 13, plus 13, plus 11. The Clipper depth could knock out the Suns. And if they don't do it, someone else is going to. And the Suns are in huge trouble as a result because this is a legacy year for them. For the Grizz, who cares? The Suns need to go deep and it doesn't look like they're going to go deep.
3: All right, uh, after careful deliberation, um, we're going to we're we're the the jury is going with Joe's argument that it's Spark. the Suns who are in the most trouble. Always losing with losing to a, a Paul George list Clippers is very concerning and it is they a have legacy Kevin Durant, year. Guys. They have Kevin Durant, and they still lost to a team who didn't have Paul George.
0: A Memphis Grizzlies team with John Durant is definitely in more trouble than a Phoenix Suns team that has Kevin Durant, that has CP3, and that has Booker. Just
2: saying. this is a historic night on this on this. Cordell and Cordell segment. Cordell and Cordell, we love you. If you ever want to hire your boy, I'm here. I'm a v- obviously very good litigator. <laughs> except, um, except
0: for you, not ever never actually b- bothered to pass a bar. So. That's
2: irrelevant. I can figure out how to... And
0: eh, we'll eh, not out. pass the bar, you can't.
2: <laughs> I, imagine <laughs> having to take that again. I would get nothing <laughs> right. I have a feeling I have lost every... Piece of information that got through my thick skull while I was there for three years. There's no way I could remember. I would pray, give me
0: a section give of me the, the bar rule, exam rule one day. Rule against perpetuities. Go.
2: <laughs> that even when I was learning that, I got none of that right. So you, I can tell you right that. now, no. But give me the basic stuff. I have a feeling I would remember none of it. But what I was getting at was, I actually. Talk disrespectfully to the judge before this started you didn't and he still sided with me and
0: he still sided with you there's there's i he's on the take you, you <laughs> all have something going on in the background um, it's a very unbiased it was a ridiculous <laughs> argument it was absolutely ridiculous there is not a single person listening who is siding with the idea that the son's With those stars and a healthy Suns team are in more trouble than a Memphis Grizzlies team that is playing with zero experience and now without John Moran. nobody believes that. Nobody. Well I did. Well that's really all all that matters, doesn't it? I like how also you tried to blame Rachel. You were like the jury over here, and then you even motioned to Rachel <laughs> in the Zoom, like I, you tried to totally take the heat off yourself as you were no, the one who made the decision. No, I said uh, right.
3: after careful deliberation, I <laughs> was making the decision. It was I just motioned. I motioned.
0: <laughs> the reality, you did say is, the jury. You said the well, jury. i am the
3: jury? I'm judge. I, You're Amber the judge, says it. The
0: jury and the executioner. See?
3: So I don't. I don't know what we're talking about here.
2: Coming Amber's fascination missed. with death in this segment is well, just just real? Ever since I one time, of the it's, unexplored it's one of the unexplored uh little nuances that we haven't really dug to too deep into well, she's always interested in someone death. dying we, during this we
0: argue to the death and there's people in my personal life who could probably vouch that i probably could argue with someone <laughs> yeah. to the death to be perfectly honest <laughs> and cool, my husband right might here. vouch for that coming up next your turn to weigh in we open up the phone lines give us a call tell us how ridiculous. It is that the court just sided with Joe's argument, or whatever. Whatever your hottest take is, whatever you've taken away so far from these game ones, give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open for you here on Joe and Amber.
2: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
0: Don't be speechless when you call us, though. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Right now, the Nets are up on the 76ers, 49-44 to at the half. So certainly a different game from game one where the Sixers dominated the Nets and made easy work of them. We'll see how this one pans out moving forward. We're going to get to your phone calls in just seconds. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more money one last time.
1: Pizza money alert!
0: Pizza, pizza. This one's a little pricey. Kings,
2: Warriors as well. Draymond Green over seven and a half assists. It's minus one sixty-five, which means you're risking sixteen dollars and fifty cents to win ten dollars. It's a risky one. It's a it's a it's a pricey one, but for good reason. Draymond has had at least six assists in 22 of his last 31 playoff games. What does this tell us? He has an extremely high floor when it comes to facilitating. The total in this game, as we mentioned earlier, the over-under, 239 and a half. It is priced for scoring. The more scoring you have, the more opportunity you have for assists. And keep this in mind, and this is from Tyler Fulgham, who works with me on Daily Wager, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern ESPN2. Boom, that's how you plug. I believe Draymond had 11 assists on 24 opportunities meaning there were like 13 passes he made that would have been assists if the shots went down, but they missed. That's less than 50%. That's way below the average. So if he has just a few more, he could add 14 or 15 in that first game, of which he did have 11. So final pizza money of the night, Draymond Green over 7.5 assists, minus 165. 13
1: black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Call a Roulette with Joe and Amber.
0: Insurance Triple Eight say ESPN. Let's spin the wheel. Josh, Josh is in Mississippi. Josh, thanks for the call. What do you have for us?
1: Yeah, I love the uh, I love the confidence on the on the uh, declaration there, Amber. But it was a real confident swing and miss. I think uh, I haven't heard
0: much more logic from somebody than I heard from Joe. There, the son mortgaged the team, and now they've got no depth barely, you know, sticking around with a Clippers team that, you know, half the time can't shoot. That's going to be a rough series. And last year, everyone talked about the
3: Grizzlies, you know, are better without Jaw. Look at the wins without Jaw. Now, this year they
1: can't
2: win
0: with a game or two without Jaw. Seems a little uh, a little back and forth there. Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, yeah, need those guys. It's going to be a tough series. But, you know, young team, years ahead of them. This is it for the Suns, though, and they are in trouble. But is it it for the Suns, Joe? I mean, is it really? Like, I understand your point that there's more pressure on them overall, but Kevin Durant's under contract. CP3's under contract. Booker's under contract. Like, these guys aren't actually going anywhere if they don't win a championship this season. Agreed.
2: It's just the age factor, though. Those guys in Memphis... They're younger. They're inexperienced. There's still time. There's still tweaking that can be done. Phoenix, Kevin Durant, he's not getting younger. Chris Paul's like 38 years old. I mean, it's not going to work, and they gave up all their depth, and clearly the biggest concern coming into the playoffs, which was depth, reared its ugly head immediately in game one. That's not a good sign when you need 16 wins between now and the end of the season to win the title.
0: Triple H, say ESPN, 888 That's how you join the conversation. Let's spin the wheel. Ryan, Ryan is in Indianapolis. Ryan, thanks for the call. Go ahead.
1: Hey, I just want to say that I think it's crazy that people are thinking that Golden State is done. Um, I've been a fan since um, TMC with Tim Hardaway and Mitch Richmond and Chris yeah. Mullen. And, and, and gosh, those guys are great. But even now, this dynasty is better than anything that I've ever seen. And they went to Sacramento for a team that had not won a game in the playoffs for over a decade and got within three with Malik Monk and um, Darren Fox having the games of their lives. So I don't see why everybody's counting them out. It's just they're they're there. They're going to be there, and they're going to be there for the full series. But just because one game happened doesn't mean that everybody should count them out.
0: I think that's fair, but I think part of it is just the pendulum swing because I feel like actually nobody counted them out before the series actually started, Joe, that everybody was counting out the Kings and rather unfairly considering how they've been playing all season long and where they were seated, but it was just hard to buy in. And so I think what happened is people finally woke up and watched the Sacramento Kings for the first time, frankly, this season for a lot of people because of the stage now that the Kings find themselves on. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, wait, this – this Kings team, they're on to something here. And maybe they're taking a look at the Warriors and overreacting a little too much because of what happened in game one. So it's- It was the series
2: that- that had the most intrigue coming into the opening round because you you just weren't sure what to expect. You hadn't seen the Kings in the playoffs before. Defense was a bit of a concern. The Warriors we've seen before, but the version we saw this year of them, not very impressive, especially, as you mentioned earlier, on the road and on the defensive end. So whatever happened in game one, there was going to be a very interesting narrative coming out from that. Speaking of interesting narratives, at the half in Philadelphia, Nets 49, Sixers 44. James Harden with two points on one of seven shooting. We're going to see how this develops throughout the course of the night, but Nets lead by five. They were 10-point underdogs for game two.
0: Yeah, and uh, Harden was a little exposed there in game one as well, so that is interesting moving forward. Maybe Harden's last season with the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's spin it. Brad. Brad is in Ohio. Hey, Brad, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: How you doing? Uh, just want to reply real quick. You said uh, Kevin Durant under contract, CP3 under contract, Devin Booker under contract. Does a contract mean anything in the NBA? Wasn't Durant under contract when he left the Nets?
0: That's fair. It's a that fair point. That makes Amber look
2: really bad. That's a really no, good call because it's a that fair really makes point, Amber look bad. But he's
0: not gonna force his way out again, I would presume, sure. after no, this of course season. Not. Where the heck is he going?
2: Not the I NBA. mean, where is he
0: going? He went to the team that he wanted to go into <laughs> that he wanted to go to. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen down the road. But we're talking about it like they're going to blow it up after the season. They're not blowing it up after the season, even if they lose in you the You have
2: round. to appreciate the art of James getting that call to the top of the list just so he could say that and he blow did. you up at the end. We had
0: multiple other callers on the line. Sorry for those I didn't get to. We're up against the clock. James did move that caller to the top of the list just to stick it to them.
1: This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80,
2: or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.